What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Hi. Oh, welcome to my phone call. Welcome to your phone call. Hi. You did your class? I just got home one minute ago. I put the I put the pot on the stove to make coffee because I've been doing um, steeped coffee grinds in the fridge. Okay. Like, you know, what's that called? Cold. Pressed. Cold brew. Cold. Not pressed, just steeped. That's right. Um, but any, yeah, <laughs> but I don't have any right now, so I have to make Oh hot my coffee. goodness. I have to make hot oh. coffee on a hot day. It's hot? Well, it's wet and it's yeah. hot. It's mug. It, it really, really rained here. Well, that thing happened where I got on the train and then I got off the train and then people were just standing on the steps at the mm-hmm. train station. Refusing. They refused to be wet. I thought, just go. This is life. Accept it. Just go. It's just rain. Yeah. I mean, look, I was in my, like, gym clothes for gyrotonic, so I didn't... You were trashed. Yeah, so I didn't have to, like, be worried about my work clothes. Right. And living in it for the rest of the day. Yeah. Well, sounds like you won. You won New York City for another day. Uh, well, and also it was a very New York gyrotonic session because I was doing it beside New York celebrity Cynthia Nixon. Wow. Yeah. She was also receiving gyro lesson at the same time as me in the same space. That's great. Where the elite yeah. meet. Where the elite meet. She was wearing jewelry for her gyro lesson. And then when she got changed at the end, she was wearing black jeans excuse me, and a black t-shirt that was a SAG-AFTRA strike t-shirt. And it said, this is a SAG-AFTRA strike t-shirt. Oh, okay, good. That's, that's her, uh, that's her way of striking, is wearing a t-shirt. Well, yeah, maybe she's going out there, you know? Where? You know what I mean? I don't Around. know. I'm sure they have protests or whatever. Yeah. Good luck. They have gatherings. Good luck, everyone. They have gatherings to strike, which are actually just networking conventions. Absolutely. Um, we love you, celebrities. Never forget. Cynthia Nixon is definitely someone I'm like, you seem really normal. Yeah, she's, well, she's, really, she's a theater actress. Yeah, that's why she goes to... Gyrotonics in, in the garment district before she goes on stage. Ah, yeah, and the, it's a great time to go like, on stage. This is not like a bougie gyrotonics studio, which I mean doesn't. I know gyrotonics is inherently bougie, but you know. gorgeous. Anyway, so it is. So it is one. Well, they all are, I suppose. <laughs> the truth will out. Um. Speaking of wet, you saw beach birds? I did. Don't tell me all about it. Okay. So my dancing weekend was that I went to an event showing at the Cunningham Trust where Brandon Colwes and Kimberly Bartosik arranged 
a wonderful half an hour long event as a part of as, as a workshop and um, with great dancers and from and there were sections from many works from the really the beginning beginning to the end and it was a, it was great it was like a great piece they made and it was at city center and I thought wow Cunningham really that material is just ever evergreen ever rewarding you know it it can be moved around and shifted and the steps themselves just remain fresh yeah okay invention invention is the True. spice of life what is it is that what it says? something and then on um friday night i saw ellen cornfield dance company that's right we, we were looking forward to this show no 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 we were not well sort of we knew what well, to we expect. Were... We were looking forward to you going to the show. Right, right. The right. listeners of the podcast. <laughs> no, we knew it was happening. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't normally, it wouldn't normally be like a must-see kind of show for me, but Ellen now is using this group of dancers, many of whom I love and admire, and I was like, you know what? I gotta go see them dance. Yeah, and you did. Um, and I did, and I went to University Settlement, and I sweat my ass off sitting there watching these two pieces. Is that Abrams? What is University Settlement? No, it's different. It is on the Lower East Side, but it is more like... This is something else. It's another thing. It's the first... Look, I don't know. You don't even I've know what it is, there. and you've been there once. I don't. I've never been there, and then I've been. Now I have. <laughs> it was bare bones. You know what I mean? It was like a space with some lights. Henry Street chair. Settlement. That's what the other things. That's what Abrams there. is. There. Yes, that's Abrams. University Settlement. I don't know. All right. Anyways, there I was. Watching the show, sweating, sweating. Lots of people oh, I knew. No. You were sweating in the audience. Oh my. Yes, it was. They turned off the AC. Excuse me, I have to go. I think for sound purposes, they turned off the AC, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" No, ma'am. Sat there, watched the show. The first piece. I mean, look, it's impossible almost to distinguish the two pieces, sort of physically, but like the costumes and the music really. Oh my the, the, goodness. I, oh, Reed really. is reading this dance to filth. No, I'm not. I'm not Accidentally. going to do that. No, no, no. <laughs> but, um, you don't even have to talk about it. The dancers were excellent and they did such amazing things with their bodies. It made me feel like I don't know how to do anything, which is good. I thought that's really impressive. It's nice to like be humbled in that way sometimes. Aaron Liu, Mariah Anton, um, Mac Twining, Eve Jacobs, Jinju Song Begin. And that's probably fun. Rika. Uh, to do. What? Right? To do what? Tr tricks or whatever, you know? Astonishing feats. No, yeah, they were doing definitely. I think so. Like, when your body can do it, it's like, it's something you seek out. You're like, 
How can I keep doing that? Mm -hmm. I couldn't care less as a viewer, but I do. Right. I do like when it's fun for someone. Right. And then um, Oned Sturgis. That's the last person I didn't mention. Anyways, it was uh, it was fine, and I saw a lot of people there who I really like. Um, a lot of the Mark Morris people were there. So they were supporting mm -hmm. Aaron Liu. Douglas Dunn was there. Um, well, this is what I also thought was probably Nina nice about the, 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 the beach sessions moment. Well, lots of people. Lots of people. Beach sessions takes that to a whole other level. Yeah. It's truly frightening. Oh. Because to a frightening level. Yeah, because everyone is there. That's great. Everyone. So. So I like, went, um, um, is someone like the State of the Union is like someone somewhere else in case like something happens and at least there's yeah, one a, downtown dance yeah. person. The Ellen Cornfield Dance Company would have been the only okay, the sole survivor. Okay, they weren't there because they were. They had a show. They had to be on air, air conditioning. Well, there you go. So I went with a fun group of people on the ferry in the afternoon after I had taken you Lindsay Jones's took a ferry. Uh, Cunningham class. Yeah. That's so nice. So I took Lindsay Jones Cunningham class, which Excellent. happens at a hundred grand at 11 on Saturdays. We should all a hundred grand, but free $25. What is it? $15 free essentially. A yeah. hundred grand for $15? Work. Yeah. So crazy. <laughs> okay. And so I I was with Stuart and Russell and my friend Elias and his friend Annie. All these Stuart lists of Phil. names. Lists. So I'm you sorry, got on a ferry where? At Wall Street. Did you walk to Wall Street? No. Um, one hundred Grand Street. No, no, no. I I was at one hundred Grand. Stuart and I then got food at Sunrise Market, which is Japanese, mm -hmm. and then we went to my home and we shoved it oh, down. Goodness. We ate it so fast, and then we got on the subway and went to near Wall Street, which is actually you know the ferry stop right near where we used to record the show. Right. It's um. What's that? The East River Ferry is right there too. Yeah. Great. So we get on the ferry and it's a two-stop trip and it stops at Sunset Park and then it continues on to Rockaway. That sounds amazing. It takes, about, takes an hour. It was absolutely lovely. We were laughing, laughing, laughing. And then we got to the beach and then you walk like just three blocks across the little Rockaway stretch and you're there. And then we had a lovely like two hours just to like kill time and I I never had such a nice time in the ocean. I was just being tossed about. I was I it was That's wonderful. So the the temperature of the water is a, a place where you just never have to get out. Mm. The ocean's so great. Yeah, this is this is really the warmest time going to September. It's wonder so wonderful. It's great. And then the you could see people start to kind of like move toward one of the jetties. Mm -hmm. and um, I I was waiting for Russell to come out of the bathroom so we ended up kind of getting to the oh, come on Russell the, we have to go yeah it was a like, hurry 
so we get to um, the place and uh, I mean, I, everyone's already seen everything on Instagram, but they had a very long expansive beach and then like you could kind of situate yourself at the two little ends, which was like the, cause the dancers were dancing right at the edge of the water and kind of in the water as well. Okay. And so I ended up on one of the ends, the opposite from the jetty. And I just crouched down and I had like this really beautifully framed vantage point that allowed me to see like very far into the distance because they started the dance on the jetty and then some of them started the dance closer to me. So you were like, the perspective game of it was just so beautiful to like see things both in the distance and very close simultaneously. And then they kind of mingled the two groups and ended up kind of in the middle. And there was a point at which Ryan Pliss just ran down the beach toward us. And I was like, this is literally astonishing. And I just like wept. It was so Goodness. beautiful to see like in that environment. It couldn't have been like more beautiful, like with the, the waves coming up around the dancers feet as they were like struggling to stabilize in the sand and to see these beautiful movements and like to have them be in reference to the place where like the inspiration came from in a way for the piece. It was mm -hmm. really, really, really beautiful. And at that point, I hadn't even seen, I mean, I could, you could look around the crowd and see 600 people you knew, but I hadn't like said hello to them. And it just was like, wow, sometimes we really come together, you know, to like support or to be curious or something. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. Love that. And then Beach Birds ended and then we took a walk about, you know, six blocks the opposite way toward the other jetty. And um, on the walk, I, I intersected with a gaggle of former Cunningham men because Michael Cole was there and David Kulik and Alan Good and um, goodness, more. There was more. I mean, many alums were there and it was really nice to talk with them. And then we got to the other end of the beach and um, I, I sat near Burr and Drew and the, that's where the Sarah Mitchelson part started. Now I've been in conversation with some people, of people about the Sarah Mitchelson thing because I had my misgivings about it because where, whereas the Beach Birds part was just so clearly devised in, in the space in terms of like the relationship of the audience to the performance. It was a very old fashioned kind of setup. Like here's uh -huh. the dance and you are the audience and you don't have to go anywhere. You just have to stay put. Sarah Mitchelson's thing was more of an event set up happening in various places, sort of within proximity, but like you couldn't, if you just sat and watched, you couldn't, you didn't see anything really. You'd see a little something. Okay. And that's that's kind of like the mind frame I was in at that point. I was like, yeah, I'm going to sit and watch her thing now. And I ended up like, honestly, I saw more of it on Instagram than I did in real life. Because you were lazy. Because I was lazy. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't move around and I didn't try to seek out what was going on. Mm -hmm. 
and you know Jillian Walsh was doing a, some kind of a phrase in the water down by the jetty I could see her in the distance mm -hmm. and there was someone in a silver unitard with a with a seagull rubber seagull mask on head seagull mask head mm -hmm. they were sort of sitting around Cheryl Theron I think it was who used to be in the Cunningham company was wearing a blonde wig and sunglasses and a conventional beach birds costume and she was perhaps referencing some of the movements in this like kind of primary area where there were like pieces of fabric strung up on sticks. Sarah Mitchelson was kind of running around in her bikini and a black shrug to also um, reference the Beach Birds costume. And she was sort of orchestrating things, running around, saying things like, um, I'm such a I'm such a bad dance maker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And then at the very end, I know that Dominica Green was also dancing around, but I never saw her, never saw her. And then um, two planes flew by at the end with banners that said like, hey, Merce, are you busy right now? And then another one said like, I, I can't remember what the other one said, but they're both like, you know, in reference to Merce mm -hmm. and, um, that that part felt well, I was like, wow, they, they gave you enough money to do that. That's incredible. Um, mm -hmm. So yes, I didn't experience Sarah's piece in in the way that perhaps I could have, and I think that that made it sort of less than exciting for me. I was sort of like, well, I guess it's over now. And then I, Russell and I caught a ride with a, a Judd Verone dancer I know named Hollis. Ended up somewhere in the middle of Brooklyn, and then I took the subway home. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. That yeah. was my big, big dance weekend. Um, yeah, sounds okay. Yeah, no, I mean, the Beach Birds part was spectacular for me. That was, for me, that was, it was really worth it. And the, the swimming in the ocean leading up to that. Yeah, that sounds nice. That sounds <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, what else is happening, Jeremy? I finished, and just like that, I got to the end of season two. Oh, yeah. Two. Goodbye. Speaking of Cynthia Nixon, my my gyrotonics partner. Yeah, what's going on with her? She's, like, on a, <sighs> a date. She's successful. I, like, I mean, this I is, like, like going on. this is, like, the correct story for her. Right, somehow things turned around it's and she like, got some distance from Che. <laughs> because Che Diaz, you know, destroyed her psyche and her sense of self. And um, now she's back to being Miranda Hobbs. She's a go-getter. She's on the BBC in a gorgeous red outfit that she was wearing to dinner. And she's also flirting with the gorgeous BBC producer. And she's also making amends with Steve and mm -hmm. it's it's nice you know and brady's smiling because his parents are chatting yeah it's nice we like that it was a good it was a good ending to the miranda hobbs plot for the season i thought that um her costume for that scene in coney island was a bit mean spirited can you can you remind me i don't know but it just i was like okay i get I that he... she's going to coney island but does she have to look like a cat lady who you know i thought she was wearing like jeans and a sweater it's but it's like tr it's just like 
sad when you're when it's a show based on like these insane costumes I'm just like yeah this is this is the swing of it all well she'd been serving outfits all season well yeah so keep going you know there was an appropriate like somewhere in in there this was just too much to bear you know who in this episode and through the last few episodes actually has become a character that actually that makes literally no sense to me the 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 Nia Wallace Columbia law professor person who's who behaves like an idiot half the time well this is sort of what happens with all of these characters right they're sort of like and maybe this is real maybe this is what we do as people we like forget our entire lives and get sucked down a rabbit hole of like a single scenario right so, like the way that she behaves with men is so absurd to me i'm like this is completely out of it's crazy the character. it's insane but it's sort of it's where the show reverts to like 20 somethings or 30 somethings whatever i don't know how old they were in the well, original well it but. seems like with she's just like this incredible bimbo with right, men right it makes no sense i'm like i don't get it it's her it's whole, kind of the most offensive part of the show is the how her shtick with that michelin the the michelin star chef yeah. that they only that they always had to refer to as the michelin star chef i was like uh-huh. are you just Stop, please. Well, because she um, went to the bookstore to get that book on how to make a chocolate souffle. She's invested in food. <sighs> really invested. Um, okay, so her plot's insane. And then um, the the Lisa has had a miscarriage. Thank God. Thank God. No more and children. She, she's concerned. She feels about, strange she's, about she's it, sad. which is yeah, great. Yeah, I thought that was good. I love their relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm in love with their relationship. I love it. I know. I'm like, this, I think maybe this is the spinoff that I'm hoping Mm -hmm. for. Because they have, something's real about their relationship. You're like, yes, they have tension. Yes, they're in love. Yes, there's like passion. And also it's complicated. It's so good. Yeah. That's nice. And he, yeah, and he's so... (laughs) He's so kind to her at the end of the day, which I love. Yeah. Well, it's it's um, the yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously it's like a uh, it's a version of the Harry and Charlotte relationship, right? But. Now, Sh- Charlotte, I have to say, in the second to last episode, the penultimate episode, Charlotte does some of the best acting I've ever seen her do in the scene where she comes home drunk. Well, that was a fun scene. She was but truly hysterical. I was like, wow, you've done it. You've really, really, really did it. A, um, a comedic spin. Yeah, she took a real yeah. comedic turn. Yeah. And then I liked the conversation we, she had with Harry the following morning uh-huh. in the last episode. It was very Barbie kind of monologue. It, well, but it, it was more bearable. Yes. Somehow. Well, because it wasn't the entire, like a, a six hour movie or whatever that was. Right. And she just had to be like, everything that you think is hard that you're doing, like. Is the bare minimum. Like, you think you're doing everything, minimum. but you're not really doing anything. You're not. 
Right. So thank you. And she's like, I, I appreciate the effort and just know that you're doing as little as is possible. <laughs> yeah. It was also fun as like a kind of no longer drunk, but still serving the tea. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That was fun. It was really nice. Now I have no, no patience, empathy, interest for the Mario Cantone and Italian lover plot. Absolutely. I can't goodbye. as the one gay thing. Well, no, there's, there's other gay things happening on that show, but as the one kind of conventionally male gay thing happening on that show, I'm like truly hideous, disgusting. Yeah. I hate um, it. The way the, the, the clowning he's doing at the end while he's getting penetrated by the Italian man and he's just like the, the oh, right. look of they're all horror. having sex at the end of the, of the right. episode it, like, a it, montage it ends of... the way it began uh-huh. and he's horrified and I'm like no this isn't how no this isn't how this story goes also like no just N-O to all of <laughs> and also no Mm-mm, honey, no. Just no, Mm-mm. no, no. So, okay, I hate that plot. And then Carrie took her bra off. Carrie took her bra off. Everyone say it. Carrie took her bra and off. And she gave her she bras had... to her girlfriend. She, I can't stand that woman. The jewelry designer. Well, hopefully, because there'll be another season, apparently. And, um... Hopefully we get rid of some people. We gotta. We get gotta rid move of on for some, from some of these plots. She was interesting when she lived downstairs and had a naked boyfriend. That was when she was interesting. Now she's like kind of pathetic. Now that all her jewels got robbed and she's like, you know, moving upstairs. I don't like it. Well, but she really hasn't been. In, there was that one nice episode with her where they got in bed together that was nice i love that but then she was gone from the show yeah and then she showed up here to take over the apartment so i love that carrie got a kitty cat yeah i don't know i don't know what's going on this five-year insanity i'm just like (laughs) okay like you're gonna be dead in five years like honestly it's truly absurd have to I mean, just move on. And this whole conversation, I'm like, what are we doing here? Because about the you have four, a teenager-old that he need, he must, must. What must. are you talking I mean, look, about? Here's what I think. I think they needed to make this kind of bold proclamation on the show in order to like give Carrie a little bit of space to not make it into the Carrie and Aiden third season. However, but then save I, this whole plot for the third season. I just don't, I, in, in reality, Aiden's going to be popping in. It's just, it's not going to be half 50% of the time, you know? Well, but they could have just had it be a long distance relationship. Yeah. Which it is. And always was. Except they had this insane conversation that was like, I'll see you in five years. Like, what are we doing? Which is just not true. That can't be true. But it's part of the whole insanity of this whole relationship, which is like, I can't come into that apartment. Okay, right. honey, then you need to go to therapy 24 hours a day. Like, what Aiden, is your brain? This is not Aiden a makes thing. crazy, crazy sort of didactic decisions. It's absurd. And kind of like, 
Yeah. Anyways, I'm glad that they had sex with their clothes off. That was a relief. <laughs> 50 years later. I have li- literally, I have, z- what happened to Che on this episode? She, she gets with that there. other girl. She has a they're conversation getting with, with... They're getting with the other girl. They have, like, a adult conversation that was like, yeah, we had with this Miranda. weird re- relationship. It was weird. Whatever. Okay, I just want to go back an episode, something we didn't mention. The cruelty of Che Diaz toward Miranda Hobbs in that stand-up set. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, A of all, this isn't comedy of all like that you defend it to her and continue to into the last episode saying like it's true i'm like you must stop trying to destroy this middle this elder woman it's just cruelty well it is but we do have that scene where she's like basically trying to figure out where she's gonna go comedically and she's looking back and being like oh i was this person and then i was this person I guess I'm going to do this, like, I'm cruel and reading straightish people to filth, you know? So she was like, I'm just going to talk about how insane this whole thing was and view it from this really awful position, which it like, you know, it has like the truth of that. We, we sort of witnessed that from our perspective of like the insanity of the whole thing. I do think that Sarah, Sarah Ramirez did a, did a good job on the show. This is the act. Yes. Dur- and and I think that there's nothing to like about Che Diaz, except for the fact that I guess they show up for friends or something. Well, this is, know. you know, it's it's the burden of, like, these queer people on this show. Like... I, kn- I can't believe it. wild. And it's a show made by queer people. And well, I'm just like, by like a evil gay man. Let's, by you know, yeah, a rich, a rich, knows. an evil rich this gay man. Like, but I'm just like, how are you representing the LGBTQIA community in this way on this show? It's just so horrible. But I do think all of the characters are pretty awful. So maybe, you know, like... That's true. It's a little... You know, I've always been like, Carrie's the most evil character. So, uh... She's the one I kind of relate to the most. I don't know. I, I, I well, like, I think I'm mean, like, not your setup too because she's the main character as well. But yeah, that's oh, why I, well, I'm always like, well, she's evil. We buried the lead. We buried the lead. We forgot the most important part. I forgot which, the entire series. What? Which is that she had a phone call with Samantha. Right. Which I am so here for. Uh, people Can showing up and just having a. a I'm like. The only, the only like step further that this could have been was like a Zoom, where like. Well, honestly, it couldn't have been closer to what Sup podcast predicted. It, it I mean that, that Lara Marie Shane Halls on Sup has been saying for weeks that when Kim Cattrall returns, it's just going to be her on the phone going, "Hello, <laughs> goodbye." <laughs> And that is exactly what it was. Yeah, I also felt like they shot this scene, like, while she was shooting that other show. They were like, oh, can you, can you just say these sh- these lines as well? And we'll stick it into Sex and the City. 
Right, just sit in a car surrounded by a green screen or just <laughs> just say these words. Oh, I miss my flight. I guess have a great dinner. <laughs> you know what I really, really, I really appreciated the Sarah Jessica Parker's like extremely low energy in answering that phone call. It wasn't like she just picked up the phone and was like, hi, Samantha. Uh-huh. It was just re- regular. Well, but even though you like, do kind of feel like maybe they've been talking. Right. So, I mean, that was, I kind of like that as well. The kind of withholding, like they're kind of having a relationship and we just don't get to have we it. We don't know. Yeah. I love it. Um, at, at the end of the day, Seema is in the relationship with the movie director. Also who, like how she loses her mind. I know. It's just cartoons. It is cartoons. And then she's acting like such a child and she's, you know, but he doesn't seem so great to me. And also I'm like, why are these people invited to this dinner? Like they shouldn't be invited. Like, like that film director, the Italian boy, like they shouldn't be at this dinner. I know Sarah Jessica Parker must have some other friends who she's known for much longer who have a relationship to that apartment. Yeah, I think, well, it's more just, like, you can bring someone. Also, like, Charlotte's friends are there. I'm like, what's going on? Well, like, but they've, you know, they've sort of be, well, that's also, like, they've sort of become friends is sort of the idea, but also that is also how she won that thing. Right. So maybe there's part of that. I don't know. It That is, that is a bit of a stretch, that one, but. Yeah. It's um, nice that Carrie, Carrie has stayed friends with the the fashion designer who destroyed her Met Gala experience. Well, because she's friends with the, you know, from the podcast, yeah. the podcast bizarro person. I really appreciated Carrie's kind of like low key attitude this season in general. That she was Definitely. just kind of like, well, it's fine. Yeah, it's where some of that fell away in the Aiden dynamic. Yeah, but even there, so sad, like, but... Aiden was the one being just, like, so much. Uh-huh. Energizer. And, right, and she was just kind of being like, look, look at this big gesture of me buying this $6 million apartment, you know? Well, that's also, her casualness is also because she's a billionaire. I know, it's kind of great. It's I think she bizarre. really understands the character. <laughs> Charlotte, yeah, absolutely. She really but I really it. think of the previous season when Charlotte's like all concerned about Miranda's drinking, and Carrie's like, "I don't want to talk about that." Oh, totally. She's like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, I love her. Well, goodbye to all that. Look, it brought me certainly some joy for the last. How long? Ten weeks? Yeah. And I wish more sh- more content was released weekly. I think that's... I think we need to go back oh, to that. I do as well. No more, like, big dumps us. of, like, content. Big, huge dumps. Ugh. Especially with the strike. Just one, one week at a time. Yeah, you have to ration. <laughs> yeah... Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, did you know that I, I hesitate to even say this on the podcast Great. because 
I don't want more people to come. Okay. But I've been going to these country line dance. What? Things that happen on Wednesday nights. And um, it's like all these young people gather and this incredible woman named Tanaya like teaches a couple line dances and then like in the middle of it just like does a ton of them with the people who know them and you can like struggle to pick them up and then if you do it's like incredibly joyful and then at the end you go back to the ones you learned at the beginning and it's just like two hours on Wednesday nights wow. and it's like the most joyful sweaty cardio event imaginable and I'm like this is the only kind of dance that's engagement wonderful. I want it's so good but we're not promoting it no don't do, do not it come. but start Absolutely your own don't. do more of that more line dancing I honestly there should be line dancing classes all around the city I would go I would just that's how I would exercise and does it cost money yeah there's a suggested like Great. donation see I think yeah. I think more more community more suggested donations yeah um, yeah I think that's right I think that's that's the energy of the it's so as good. we approach the end um, our hearts go out to the good people of Florida in their wet situation. Are they having a hurricane? Yeah, they're having a hurricane oh. right now. Oh, dear. Um, oh God, I really listened to, um, what's that show called? Where Sabrina, no Taver where Sabrina Tavernisi talks like a crazy person for a while. I don't know. Um, you know, mm -mm. You, usually it's that guy who's so annoying. Oh. The. 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 Truck. No, it's like an NPR show. The. Oh, it, maybe it's a New York Times oh. thing. It's New York Times. The Daily. The Daily. I don't listen to that anymore. Did they tell you something interesting? Well, they did a story, a, a story about the Maui fire. And yeah. they like did a, a kind of like in-depth interview about one person's experience of what mm. happened and then they Horrifying. also had on like someone to explain exactly how it happened and it was like jesus well did really you see insane. this article in the new york times about groundwater being used up across the country oh so like even if there is a fire like you can't put it out well also like in in maui in that area they were rationing water usage so everything, because like there wasn't there wasn't enough water, and you know everything was dry. Because also, well, they here's using what's so, water, so so sad about the situation is that it could have been prevented. <sighs> How? Well, because there was a fire in the morning that some downed electrical lines had caused. Okay. And then it then it was contained. Uh huh. And then they kind of just like didn't keep their eyes on it and they just assumed it was over uh -huh. I and, see. They, and then it started up it wasn't again. over, it wasn't over. yeah well if my friend who lives in hawaii right is that right there's an island called hawaii where honolulu is um right. they were like that area has been basically like waiting for this to happen for oh a decade God. more um and they're kind of like it shouldn't be rebuilt because it is dry dry 
And apparently, a, you know, there's like, they've been rationing water and what have you, but. Wow, I just assume about Hawaii that there's like. That it's an down, island surrounded by water. That, right, that there's like <laughs> downpours, you know? Well, I mean, I think that's sort of, in Maui, you know, there's like the wet side and the dry side is my understanding now. But but yeah, across this great nation, apparently um, we've used a lot of the groundwater that takes like, you know, millennia to, to, re, uh, to refill yeah. as wow. I have my own kind of understanding of how well water works now, but um, so if you weren't worried about the end of the world uh, of mankind, I guess now you have another reason to <laughs> but you know, I, I don't think I don't this is this is the problem with having children but I think, I think we're going to get to the end without um witnessing the end times right my my friend elias um told me the other day that whales and dolphins you know were once land mammals who just really wanted to be in the water oh really so oh so over time they just changed you know they evolved to to be water creatures and that's why they are mammals who have to you know breathe there but they live underwater my understanding was sort of the invert right that they came up no apparently some whales used to be like cats <laughs> i know you think it's crazy well but... no that's that's how science works cats turn into whales right and i mean i think like i think way... what do i want to be i want to be a bird so i can fly high above above right. Up, up, and away. Yeah, but the problem is you have to touch down sometimes. That's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. You can you can sit on water, no less. Yeah, I think I'd rather be a bird than a fish. But it is so nice to be in the water. Well, I went swimming yesterday, and I thought this is kind of scary. So Where'd you do it? In a lake. Oh. But, well, lakes are scary in here. Yeah, I decided I want to get some, some of those water shoes. You, oh, you need to definitely not touch the bottom. Spooky. Also, one of my least favorite things is to be in a lake, because, you know, the water's not moving much, and to look down, and if it's deep, to see something down there, no thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't like that. Like a bike. That's my biggest fear, to oh, see a bike. Oh, a bike. I think, I think we've talked about this. This is, it's bizarre, um, but, you know, that's, yeah, that's how like fears it. work. Something that has been bringing me some joy this week is um, on YouTube, someone has posted a, a whole season of New Zealand Grand Design. You know the show Grand Design? No. Oh, there's a wonderful British show called Grand Design where this like host takes you through the entire process of someone building a house that's like out of the ordinary. Okay. Like houses that... Uh, are very design driven, whether that is to serve a very specific purpose or to explore a kind of um, concept in in dwelling, you know, like a circular house or a 
No, you've watched this show. Yeah, this is where that person built that crazy, unlivable house. That's exactly right. Okay, so that's that show, okay? It's called Grand Design. Grand Design. Now there's a New Zealand version, and I'm sure there has been for quite a while, but there's a whole season of it from this past, from like 2022, 23 on YouTube, and the host is a man named Tom, and he is really something to lay Oh, okay. So I have been just enjoying my time with Tom. Tom has been taking us through. Here's my, when Tom comes into the situation with these homeowners, you do get the sense that like the husbands, if there's like a kind of heterosexual dynamic, Mm -hmm. feel completely emasculated. Heaven. And Tom and the ladies get like very aroused kind of, well, they'd have to. Yeah. Nature. Nature. When you see this guy, it's undeniable. You're like, make a baby. In well, the, speaking you know. of arousing men, Uh-oh. Um, we watched Sliver for the first time, which is oh, also right. insane. Have you seen this movie? Billy Baldwin. Wow. I know. Wow. At that time. Wow. At that time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Sliver is uh, basically basic instinct in New York City. Of, of sorts um it's quite terrible um, oh yeah but, but uh he kind he of ends watching. up being he's the bad guy and not her that's right right that's right um because he's the kind of like evil voyeuristic landlord or it's something. insane how bad this movie is plotted and executed it's really yeah. a shock i mean the big surprise is just like how bad the movie is i guess but um, but he does have that incredible body. Yeah, it's really um, also the the it it's it could be like a good Cronenberg movie or something. You know, like there's right. there's some way in which this movie could have been made into something. Um, but the approach is a big miss. Uh, but kind of worth watching in that way. And, yeah. you know, wow. Billy Baldwin. Get it. Billy, goodness. I mean, and Sharon Stone, truly one of our great beauties of the 20th century. You know, there's no greater erotic thrill than the erotic thrill of Sharon Stone. She has a way about her, that's for sure. And another, like, doubled existence. You know, in Basic Instinct, there's that, like, the first time we see a kind of Sharon Stone-like character, it's her girlfriend, who we, at first, it's sort of lit so that we think that it's Sharon Stone, and then it's not. Well, I don't remember that movie very well. I do remember an ice pick, and I never felt the same about ice picks for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, it, that is a movie worth rewatching for sure. It's excellent. Who directed that movie? Uh, Verhoeven. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So this movie... I mean, written by Joe Esterhaus, who wrote Basic Instinct. (laughs) It's just like, I'll write another movie that's basically the same movie. Isn't it amazing? You're like, well, that worked. I guess I'll do it again. Yeah, it didn't work. I guess that's how we all work, in a way. Mm, Well, that's a choice, really. I mean, look, if I had invented something that, you know, really made me a lot of money, I'd probably try to do it again. Yeah, well, I also think... You know, Joe Esterhaus also wrote Showgirls. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's, there's, um, there's a vibe for sure. Um, but it also shows the genius of Verhoeven. Yeah. But, um, Sliver. Wow. Sliving. Uh, you know, that's now Paris Hilton's yeah. new word is sliving. Sliving for it. She's living. She's slaying and living. <laughs> Isn't culture incredible? It's so interesting now after having seen that Paris Hilton documentary where she mm-hmm. like finds her voice, you know, and suddenly she goes into this different register of speech. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I've been putting on this voice for so long as part of it's like related to my trauma and on and on. And now you hear her, her, I mean, her. Her public persona is still the Paris Hilton voice. She hasn't like just moved into her, yeah, her her natural voice. I mean, it it does. It's like Pee Wee Herman to me. I'm just like, yeah. This is this is a a persona. I, I love it's that great. for her. I like I that she too. can like have some distance from it when she wants to. And as a as a culture that we're just like, <laughs> oh, we choose this. Like, Paul Rubens is Pee Wee Herman. Like, that's fine. Right. That's what we're going to choose to believe. Um, we decided Paris was Paris, and she was like, I guess I'll roll with it. Sliving. She's living. She's living. <laughs> oh, work. Um, Anything food to report? Okay, so we want to make those macaroons. Okay, so I, I started that video, and I fell wow. asleep. But I'll I was go back really, to it. I was like, I have to make these macaroons. We should make macaroons. Wow. It's not that hard. Um, one gets the sense that, that it's not that hard to make decent tasting macaroons. But you no, do but you get the sense like... that like Claire has perfected it, understands it yeah. completely, and maybe someday you could you could do it too. Well, honestly, I think the way that Claire breaks it down in that video is Brilliant. almost like full, foolproof. You if you go through the steps in the way that she does and it's sure. not it doesn't, it doesn't require like any like special machines or like special techniques. Mm. You just have to like follow her cues. Yeah, but like the things that she does are are like things that you feel out over time like the way she like pats like uh the you know bangs the tray on the you know table whatever like that she even describes it as like you know if you don't you like the evenness and the way she pipes them onto the thing and um then uses the toothpick these are all very kind of like techniques that don't even seem like techniques they're so embedded in her process of doing it so i think there's a lot of things that can go wrong but i also think if you did those all wrong these would still taste good they might not look great right but um yeah and i thought the interesting things were like the kind of rehydrating in the end idea and the feet. Does the rehydration come from the like frosting in the Yeah, I, I think it comes from the sandwich jing with the right. moisture. Just, right. And then you get that kind of chewiness. 
Yeah, I have to go back and finish that video. The yeah, foot, it's excellent. Yeah, that was it's an excellent that was really video. And she she has examples of like bad ones and maybe what went wrong, which is so right. she's just the best. She truly she's is. The best. She's she she's all set up to just like continue showing us about food for the rest of her life. Yeah, it's interesting to watch older ones. I can't stand Claire from the past. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to the the kind of manneredness of it. It's why we loved Molly when she showed up and was kind of like chill. Whatever. And now she's like right. so chill. And I, I, I saw yesterday walking past Crate and Barrel that Molly has some kind of like deal with them because they have now like a huge sign in the window about like her new cookbook or something. It's like a huge fluorescent sign. So I'm assuming mm -hmm. there's like a whole product Molly Baz well, That's how you launch. really make money. Well, she's got to somehow pay to fix that house, you know? Well, that's not money. I don't think money's the issue. Well, then, no, no, there, there, there's like more money. Look, millions have been spent on that house and more money is required to make sure water stops coming in and ruining the rugs like that. Oi, oi, oi. I know. Um, she made something. I don't remember what it was. Um, what else? I watched a lot of gymnastics. Very exciting. What? Uh, Simone Biles is back, winning everything by many miles. How does she do it? How does she do it? It's inc it's really incredible. It's a different. It's like whatever she's doing is a different thing. Like, right? It's it's because the just the 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 attitude with which she executes these routines is. Astonishing. It's astonishing. That's all there is to say about it. It's really unbelievable. That's amazing. So, um, that's exciting to have. Love her. Her back. Um, what else? YouTube. Um, what did Molly make? Can't remember now. Molly made that like cake with the cornflake. Oh, yes. With the white peaches. This was and the some berries. real like kind of Midwest vibes. It looked delicious. I'm sure it's delicious. Yeah. She called it a like a pie cake. It's not a pie. It's not a cake. It's something else. I mean, technically, I think it was neither like a clafoutis. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, like a, like a batter, like fruit and batter, you know, and then she put this cornflake thing on top, which is sort of like a crust, but really it's just like a clafoutis with some cornflakes on top. I made um, the best cake, which is the chocolate olive oil cake on the New York Times. I, I think, I don't know whose cake that is. It's my favorite cake. Earl Grey tea is in it. Um, everyone loves it. Wow. It's great. Um, what shape do you make it in a loaf? A nine inch, uh, spring form. A circle. Circle. That's I'm amazed that you're, you're baking in this weather. Still, well, it's really not hot here, so I don't, I don't know oh. what to say about that. 
<sighs> I guess it's a bit erratic here. Like, there are moments where I'm like, it's cool. And then the next moment, I'm just sweating. It's terrible. It has been on the humid side. Yeah. And today, it, ra- it was really like a flash flood, so that was wild. Hey, if anyone has like $600,000 they want to just give me... That'd be great. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, terrible time to look for a house. I saw some. <laughs> Truly bad. I... Apparently, um, one, one third of houses are bought with cash currently. One third. How? So, it's hard Why to... Why do people... It's hard people to get in. so much money. It's hard to get into the game, apparently. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Not good. Um, Not good. Well, um, no one seems to have guessed. No one even. I don't think anyone attempted to guess our trivia question from weeks ago. And this is this is what I was. This is my theory. I was like, people are afraid to fail. People don't want to try, and that's why the trivia question can't be Googleable. Because look, look what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, you just Google. I mean, that first trivia question, I just Googled it in our conversation, in our post recording podcast, and I found it within like a minute, you know. So, no more. Oh, goodness. So, I, I don't it's know. Like, we show up here every week with the, with the really, really profound possibility of failing <laughs> every week, and we do. We fail every week. Most of the time, every week here, we're winging it. Don't you understand? Don't be afraid to fail. We absolutely. Do it also, maybe your wrong answer is actually the right answer, and we haven't even realized it yet, because our right answer is actually not even the right answer. Right. So, the possibilities are expanding even. Um. Again, the oh. trivia question was, what is what is our favorite movie? Yeah, the Venn diagram of favorite movie, Jack, Jeremy, Reed. So, uh, give it a try. Try again. Try Fail, it all. Try it must. all. Guess several things. Yeah, also, if, no one, if only one person tries and doesn't get it right, they might be the winner. Yeah. Wow. Also, did you did you get your tickets to Russell Jansen's retirement yet, everybody? Okay. What day is that? It's near September twenty fourth. September twenty fourth. Yeah, I have tickets to all to the last three Russell Jansen shows. That's period. a Sunday. Yeah, and there's also a Friday night show, the twenty second, where Russell will be doing diamonds, and you can go wow. pretend it's his last show. Wow. And there's also a show on the 19th. What is the what is the farewell performance? I think you said this. The 24th. No, what is the show? What is the... Diamonds. Oh, it is Diamonds as well. It's, I mean, Diamonds... It's only... That's really like all, what you want it to be, isn't it? Well, yeah. Oh, the only genius. thing Russell does the rest of his whole career wow. at New York City Ballet is jewels. That's it. Shine bright so, like a diamond, baby. Russell's going to shine bright. Like, look, Russell's wonderful in Diamonds and... He and Sarah doing that duet is certainly one of like the great events that you can see in New York City Ballet. There are other dances that are even more wonderful to see Russell do. It's unfortunate you won't be seeing him do them again because they can't. 
because they're over. In your dreams. Yeah, Four Temperaments, Duo Concertant, um, David's Budler Tanza. Yeah, um, they're good. Um, wait, let me think of another one. Let me think of another one. Uh, not Vienna Waltzes. Vienna Waltzes, fine. But the, the, <laughs> the, the, the other one, oh, Liebeslieder Waltzes. Russell and Liebeslieder oh, Waltzes. Wow, uh, what a dream. Russell in episodes. Russell in, in the in the Copeland dance episodes. Tremendous. What about Russell in the Pam Tanowitz piece Russell no one saw? In, in the Pam Tanowitz piece I never saw and never will. Incredible. See Russell what in. a tragedy. Russell in Russell Sites 1 through 5. Russell well, there's video. There's a film. You can literally go online and watch it. It'll live forever. Oh... Well, there's a lot of oh Russell in Brahm Schoenberg Quartet, Russell in um okay wait there's so many things because you know you you Swan Lake Russell you forget is one of like the classical technicians of the company so he come out and delivers some I never forget that you don't no I feel it through I and forget through. it all the time I it's forget. crazy it is Russell in Agon. Really, oh. really something. Yes. Someone who's put a lot of time and effort into thinking about Agon and performing the ballet in several different, you know, states of being. And that's what makes their performance in that piece very special. Death. Russell right. and Stravinsky Violin Concerto. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Wow. It's a huge I loss know. for the, for the universe. Loss. Even Russell and Concerto Barocco, where the man is more or less just a forklift. Well, in that, it, it, well, it's just because Russell has this, this presence that's undeniable. Undeniable. Un, undeniable. Russell in um, movements for piano and orchestra and monumentum <laughs> pro Gisualdo. Um Well, Reed's going to put together a full list of... Uh, re- of Russell yeah. Jansen. Russell and Tchaikovsky Piano Concerto Number Two. Oh okay, well, we'll see you next week. Um, <laughs> we love you and good night.